This is Nobody Told Me. The Parenting Podcast with Lauren and Serena. With Super Value Home Delivery. Get your lunchbox fillers sorted with Super Value Online Shopping. Hello, you're very welcome back to another episode of Nobody Told Me. This season is brought to you with Super Value Home Delivery. Get your lunchbox fillers sorted with Super Value Online Shopping. It's good to be back. It feels like a while since we've been in studio. We've got a great interview lined up for you a little later on today. But first, I've been around you now for nearly an hour and I've managed to keep this under wraps. Yeah, this is killing me. So, Lauren, you know when you have those awkward conversations like, hi, Lauren. Yeah, no, I'm not talking to you. Okay, so what are we going to talk about now that I don't know that there's something to talk about and you haven't talked? What are you going to talk about? I was like, I'm not going to talk to you until we get into the studio and I get to tell you this. I'm an auntie. Congratulations. <laughs> and to Stacey and his wife. Oh, yeah, my brother and his wife had a baby boy on <gasps> Sunday night. So How have you kept it from me this long? I know. Well, I was like deliberately. I was like, I'm not telling her until we're, because I knew your reaction would be great. So how different does it feel when it's your brother who's had the baby? Um, Amazing. Um, Like, I'm just so thrilled for them. Just so, so thrilled for them because like I was obviously so excited when they got engaged, when they got married and in a way I kind of I don't know, I felt like, I remember saying to him the day of his wedding, I was like, I'm nearly enjoying your wedding more than I enjoyed mine because it was, you know, you can kind of step back a bit. And similarly, when they announced that they were pregnant, I was just so, so happy for them. And they've had a great pregnancy, even though it was during lockdown and all the rest. And yeah, Oshin arrived on Sunday night. So just thrilled, absolutely thrilled. And you know what the great thing? The great thing is I've always loved, I was an aunt before I became a mum. And the great thing about being an aunt is that you get to play with them. You get to do all the really cool stuff. And the minute they pooed their nappy or did something I didn't want to do, I just hand them right back. straight back, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely thrilled. But it got me thinking during the week, I was talking to a friend who knows my brother for years and we were talking about, you know, those first few days coming home from the hospital and, you know, he's they're, they're still in hospital. Um, you know, they're not even into that like, oh my God stage yep. yet, which we're going to talk to our guest Dave more about a little later on. But um, it, it got myself and my friend talking about and I don't know, I don't think this is something we've ever talked about before, but it's a very real part of those first few days maybe weeks of coming home with a newborn is the intrusive thoughts did you have really really unusual thoughts when you came talk home talk to me like, about those because it's something that I think maybe people are frightened to talk about and mm-hmm. it's something that I haven't said to my brother yet but I think I will because I remember someone saying it to me and I was like okay that's normal intrusive thoughts are like the, we have them all our lives it's not just exclusive to having a newborn yeah. baby but they're like those like scary thoughts of like scary things happening or inappropriate things. Like, do you remember when you were a kid, if you ever went to church and you're like, imagine I stood up right now and shouted really Oh my loudly. God, those thoughts, yes. Just intrusive thoughts. Yeah. So like things like that. But you know, they can be really dark. They can be really scary. And I remember when I came home from the hospital with my son, um, I had this obsession that I would drop him. And that was just going through my mind right now. Yeah, Drop him. And particularly, I was always afraid I would drop him in the toilet. And I don't know why, because I rarely had him in the bathroom with me. But it it was just this thought I kept having. Or even to this day, if I'm walking up and down stairs with him in my arms, I'm, I'm always like, you could fall and really seriously injure yourself or him, you know. And I remember having this conversation with a really close friend, family member in the early days, being like, I'm having really, really really weird like just dark thoughts scary thoughts and it was actually my brother-in-law Cliff and he said to me they will never go away you'll learn to deal with them and you'll learn that they won't happen but they never go away it's being a parent did you have them? 
I do, do you know, I can't think about when I, I, I know I was worried about the dropping or the actually squeezing them, like when I was feeding them, falling asleep. I actually, I always, because I'd wake up and I'd go feed on the couch and I'd always tend to fall asleep, I was always worried about waking up with a dead baby. That's yeah. a, I know it's a terrible no. thing to say and I'm sorry if that's triggering as well because it can be. Yeah, 100%. I would still, like, if he's in the bed with me, particularly when he was smaller, I'd be like, oh my God, the amount of times I put it. And I think it's something that's, it's not a nice conversation to have. It's very scary. And as you said, it's triggering. We might put a warning on this episode. But I think it's a really normal thing. Yeah. And I spoke to my doula, Sandy, about it at the time. And she said, it's totally normal. But it's when those thoughts maybe start to become more than thoughts that you ask for help. So for anyone out there, maybe it's it's not a, a brand new baby you have. Maybe it's, it's, it's later stages. But it's totally normal to think scary things. But if Talk they are becoming more than that, or you think that you could hurt them, always ask for help. There's so much support out there. But I think it's a really normal thing to have those fears in the early days, particularly because it's so alien to you. And you're going on sleep deprivation. It 100%. wasn't until I always thought I was sleep deprived because I, like even in my 20s, I was always going out. Um, I had three hours sleep and then I'd go to, in front of a classroom and teach, right? So I was always sleep deprived. But there's nothing like this sleep deprivation and it finally hit me with the second one. The reason why this sleep deprivation is so tough is because usually you can look after yourself fine. But when you're like, I'm sleep deprived, I can't even say it. I'm sleep deprived and you want me to look after somebody else. Like I don't have the energy to look after me and I'm looking after um, someone else. And I think that's when those thoughts would really hit me as well because I just... Your mind goes to dark places when you're tired. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think, you know, we all talk about the fluffy stuff of parenting and even the not so fluffy stuff, but the stuff that we can laugh about. But like sometimes we need to talk about that darker stuff too. And my friend Alison actually said the words, nobody told me about those thoughts. And I said to her, I said, this is being brought up on the podcast this week because it is, it's a scary, it's a happy time. It's a very joyous time. It's very overwhelming time and it can be a dark time and it can continue to be a dark time for people. So please always um, ask for support. But look, we mentioned our our guest this week. Very excited this week. Very excited. Dave Moore is a broadcaster that myself and Serena have both known for a very long time. Um, Dave uh, of Dermot and Dave on Today FM, two of the most successful broadcasters. um, Two really, really lovely guys. Dave is a dad of four. Um, and he's just he's just a dad, isn't he? Like Dave is just epitomizes dadness and he's just such a great, happy go lucky, chilled out guy. And I'm, I'm so excited to talk to him about it. Yeah, and dad. if you follow him on Instagram, you see or on Twitter or on any of the social platforms, you actually see how he adores his children. But I'm I, I wanna find out more about him being a dad, the realities of being a dad of four. Dave Moore, welcome to Nobody Told Me. Thanks. The parenting podcast that is all about the things that nobody told us about becoming parents. So, What, what was the first thing you were most surprised about when you became a dad? Um, I lost my mind. Uh, I was pretty surprised about that. I'm a pretty level-headed guy. And I, we had our first son and now 11 years ago. Um, and we we were obviously were like you're in the hospital and uh, you're surrounded by midwives and nurses and smart people. And I um, I'm uh, my wife always gets asked a question in a hospital, which is, uh, does your husband work in the medical industry? And she's like, no, my husband is an idiot. So basically, 
what I what I tend to do is I'll I'll immediately find out what the correct medical terminology for everything is. So if I go in with a sore shoulder, I'll, I'll immediately be like, I believe I may have a scapular contusion, and they're like. <laughs> Yes, sir. Uh, you're fine. You strained your shoulder. Like, so I was doing this with all of the baby questions and I had all these things. But I was able to fire these questions at everyone. I was like, boom, boom, boom. And then two days later, you go, you get sent home. And I was totally fine because it was the afternoon. We got sent home and then my parents came over and her parents came over and then they left and they left and we went to sleep and everything. And then I woke up the following morning and I lost my mind. I literally was Shit like... She hits the fan very quickly. Who left me in charge of this? <laughs> No! Unacceptable! I'm an idiot! I don't know, I'm not sure! She's tired and cranky and that. <laughs> so, you would think, right, what do I do in this case? So, I go to my phone and I can ring my best friend, Daniel O'Hara, who's already had two kids. I can ring my best radio friend and best friend in real life, Dermot Whelan, who's already had two kids. Hell, my own dad lives 30 seconds away. He has three kids and one of them just had a baby. Like, uh, there's so many people in my life I can ring that are fully versed in like, here's what you do. You know, my friend Dan's kids are like, they're only a little bit older than, than mine. So like, he was literally, you know, dealing with some of the same stuff I was dealing with. No. In my head, I went... Who who's the dad I know on Twitter? Rick O'Shea, <laughs> who I barely know at this point. I've met him like twice. So I DM him on Twitter and go, send me your number. And he goes, <laughs> okay, he sends his number. And I ring him and I'm like, oh my God. like I don't know what it'll be like. What if everything goes wrong? And he's like, first of all, hi, who are you again? I can't uh, also my daughter's like nine. I don't know anything about this. It was it was forever ago. But he did say to me, he was like I think you'll probably be fine. Maybe just ring the health nurse. And I went, this is great. And I put the phone in and the phone rang. I was like, hello, it's the health nurse. And I was like, get into my house now. <laughs> and uh, from that moment on, everything was absolutely fine. But I've no idea why that, why did I do that? It's a very, very overwhelming thing, I think, though. At whatever point it hits you in those first mm-hmm. few days that you get home, I think everyone has that moment where you're like, oh God, Oh God, I'm in charge of this. Like if you, I always tell the story, if you go to adopt a dog from the pound, they do house inspection before they let you take that dog home. They just send you out of the hospital with that baby in the carrier. Wrap them in some class of warm thing, put a blanket Uh, on them and see ya. But do you know the thing is, everyone goes, okay, so now you have your head around it. But when it comes to parenthood, you never really have your head around it because that was your first first, mm. but there are so many firsts. 11 years later, are you still going? Because I know I'm nine years into this parenting thing. I'm a mum. Yes, that's what yeah, I am. That's, I'm that's a mum. Right? Yeah. Nine years of being a mum, and I still look around the room and I look for my own mum, and I still go, sorry, I'm faking it. 11 years yeah. later, do you still feel like you're faking it? Yeah, because the challenges change. Like, so, you know, you come out, as you said, when you come out and it's the first few days, it's all about, like, Keeping them alive, yeah. you know, like that terror. And then it moves on to, oh my God, the nap schedule is slightly off. And, you know, mm, got to wean them off the milk and onto the... Like, there's all these milestones. And you kind of think to yourself, like, once they hit three, like, it'll be... Uh, no, it's not. And once they hit four and seven, and, and now I've got an 11-year-old and I'm dealing with girls and iPhones and where have you been? And why did you not, like... So it never stops being... A challenge, and I think once you once you span a couple of age groups with your kids, like I have four in three age groups because they're twins, the, the youngest ones. Like 
it's when when the twins were in nappies, you know, we were dealing with like the Sam's first day of school and Andrew dealing with a bully and he in a few years later and then like and then you're like they move on then you go like okay the girls are starting school but like but then Sam is like my teeth fell out and then Andrew's <laughs> like you know and you're just like it's non-stop you never you can't sit still and, and you think you would it would filter down that you like your 11 year old well when he was eight Oh, yeah. No, because they're completely different and humans. times change. Look at what we're dealing exactly. with at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So there's no way for it. And I think like there are things that apply to the older kids that as the younger ones come up, you kind of maybe for, for, for good or bad, you loosen up a bit. So like I know my eight year old when he was, say, six watched movies there's no way my eldest six year old yeah. would have watched but it was like the then nine year old was going oh, but I want to watch them I want to watch Marvel I'm like yeah you and Sam watch Marvel and you're mm-hmm. like you would not have let your, your first six-year-old do that. But I think that's that. across the board parenting. There's so many things that you're like, I won't do that, we won't do that. Mm. And you kind of have in your head. And then, as you said, you gauge by the kid. And also, sometimes you just got to put them in front of a screen. Yeah, 100%. And in fact, giving our eldest uh, his own screen was a, like, it was a big conversation for a long time. How did you handle that? Still handling it. Like, it's only been, it's only been about, is it two? Yeah, it's about two weeks. Um because I start asking for it I know my nine year old she doesn't have one but yeah. she's been asking for it for seven since for seven years since <laughs> <laughs> feels like mama, it mama phone mama <laughs> well they get oh it somewhere I have a two year yeah. old or an almost two year old yeah. mama phone yeah Absolutely. No, and the thing is, look, there are obviously times when it's, it's, we live in a wonderful era of technology. You've got, if you told me when I was a child and we got the joy of knowledge encyclopedias in our house and they came monthly and there was a little skinny little magazine with all the bits in it and you put it into a leather folder and eventually ended up with a full encyclopedia set after like two years and it probably cost like four times as much if you just went out and bought one. Um, but if you told me then that I would be able to carry around the sum of human knowledge in a tiny wafer thin device, like obviously you just wouldn't believe it. But now, like it, you know, it is amazing and you can use the technology in ways to genuinely rear your kids and teach them things that you couldn't have known or whatever. And then you can also get them to stop crying and eat their dinner if you put a cartoon on in front of them. It's fine. Whatever way you want to use it, it's fine. No judgment. But with the 11-year-old now, yeah, it was difficult because obviously for a long time he wanted a phone. Some of his friends, his cousins, they all had, oh, well, he had have a phone or whatever. And you do kind of feel a little bit like you know what you're you know what you want in terms of your family but also you don't want them to be the only one who is mm. missing out on x y and z or whatever okay I, I, we're jumping all over the place but I, mm. I i think i want to talk to you about that as well because that's the hard thing i think when it comes to parenting because you do have your values and your beliefs and mm. stuff and i know with me i've said to mine she cannot have one until she starts high school mm. i'm saying that now she's in fourth class Three people in fourth class have it. But when she gets to sixth class and everyone has the phone, how do you make sure? Because I, I tell her it's not important to keep up the jo- with the Joneses. Mm. You do what's right for you. But how do you make sure they're not missing out by, or, but also sticking to your standards? Uh, well, I think, I think hard and fast rules will quickly come undone. So I think, for example, if you say you're not getting one until you start high school or whatever, you, you can say that. But the reality may change over time. But I suppose what what would it, what is important though is to to have, as you said, your set of values. Like for example, like so we technology is amazing. We have our son's phone set up that it turns off all of its connectivity at nine o'clock at night, 
and there's nothing he can do to turn that back on. Well, I guess he can send a request to my phone, but the answer is always no. <laughs> um, but there's nothing he can do to turn that on until eight o'clock the following morning when he's allowed to check a quick couple of messages before he goes to school, whatever. Then he leaves it at home and then he comes home and he can have it for a bit and then it's downtime and then it's homework and going out and doing whatever. And then there's a, an error in the evening. He can do whatever he wants and then it shuts off or whatever. So I suppose those kinds of rules to me and those kinds of values are more important than something like, you know, a kind of a, a great, a grand slogan saying like, you know, in our house, there will be no smartphones until you start to, you know, whatever that would be. Or, you know, you're not getting a car until you go to college or whatever it yeah. will end up being. I think the important thing is to kind of um, determine what your rules around that thing, whatever, whether it's going yeah, out, yeah, yeah, yeah. whether that makes it's, sense. you know, teenage drinking or what, whatever, whatever your rules are, be happy with them and then stick with them because then there's a flexibility in there. Like, so for example, you know, we said something similar. We said, look, he's not going to need a phone until he goes to secondary school. Like, it's just not going to be an issue. And then it is because, as you said, times change. Like, COVID yeah. has changed everything for parents in a, in a number of different ways. And certainly for kids of his age, you know, Fortnite, for example, which was something we held off on for a, a while. He, we, we, he got it before uh, COVID. But um, the time spent on Fortnite... Was increased. Fortnite? Sorry, so Fortnite is an online, uh, real-time PlayStation game. Oh, cool. So kids of a boys, particularly, but kids of a certain age are just obsessed with it. Now, it's not violent, it's cartoon. But yeah, you shoot people in the head, but there's no blood. It's, just, okay. it's, like you shoot it's not and graphic. No, yeah. it's not graphic, but it's, and it's cartoony. It's very, very addictive. And certainly when we were considering whether to give him Fortnite or not, the question wasn't one of this game is 12 and he's 10 or whatever. It was like, no, like we don't want this mindless Fortnite addict shouting at us and slamming doors, which is all the stories we were hearing of other parents, you know. So when we got him Fortnite, the rules were you can play for an hour on a Friday. That's the rule. It's the end. And they accept that. If they, yeah. if they, if they understand... And, and understand why this rule is this way. Like if their friends are allowed to go on every single day after school for four hours, that's fine. And that's when you have that thing of, this is our house, that's their house. So you're not saying to them, they have Fortnite and you don't. You're saying, they have whatever way they want Fortnite and you have Fortnite under our terms. So you, they're not missing it in the sense that they still know the cultural references, the vocab, like the, the dances, whatever it is. And that applies, I think, across the board. Like TikTok's another example. Like, mm. you know... You can you can give them TikTok on a private account for a certain limited number of things. You can ask to approve their uploads and who follows them or who they're following, whatever. You can do all those things on your terms, but they still can have TikTok. You yeah. just you don't give them the freedom of everything. Just go, just have it, you know, unfettered. You I know? think that, and that's something that, like, I'm not in the stage that you guys are at. I have a, a toddler who, you know, doesn't understand anything. <laughs> he <laughs> does no phone, though. He, he does no phone. He knows mammy phone. But, you know, I, I think if you give kids of any age the authority to make decisions themselves, it all hell breaks loose. Yeah. So, as you said, whatever the thing is, establish the rules and stick to them and like yeah with a two year old at the moment it's like okay bedtime no 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 mm. and we're like okay uh, you're going to bed because twice now I've made the ridiculous mistake of going okay do you know what stay up yeah do whatever you want do yeah. whatever you want you decide you decide well Jesus Christ was that the worst idea ever because he doesn't know what he wants <laughs> but also like that with an older child of going 
do whatever you want. There, mm. There's the thing, have it, use it as much as you want. They can't comprehend no. what's enough, what's not enough or anything. And that's where as parents, you've got to, you know, set your standard, decide on your rules and make everything work around that. Totally. It's not even kids. I mean, think about it. Like, how difficult is it for us to you know, eat five a day and not have too much chocolate or not drink too much of this <laughs> or not. Like, like we're all guilty of this and you can't expect a child to make even grown up, whatever way we are, make decisions that we, like, so we know what's right and what's wrong and we still make bad decisions. Yeah. They don't know. So if you say to an 11 year old, look, go nuts, do whatever you want. Of course they'll do it every day and they will be cranky and they will, you know, have a, you'll have all these other kind of repercussions as a result. But I think as long as you can you know, create a, a two-way stream of communication as to allow them to ask, and even if they do it in the, as an eleven-year-old does, why do you hate me? And you, <laughs> you know, but that's their way of communicating. Like, where, what they're really saying is, explain to me why this rule is this way. Yes. You know, and you have to let them vent and let them do that, and then eventually the message will get across that you're not being forbidden to have a phone or have a TikTok account. Or if you are, it's because of these reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. yeah, so it's not... Yeah, sorry, because that does actually sound a little bit like I'm... If you're, if you're, if you're, for, if you're not... Well, if you're not saying, you know, you can have a phone, you're, you're, you're doing it wrong. No, it's, it's your... Yeah. It's your specific situation. Also, the personality of your child matters yeah. a huge amount. Yeah. Like... You know, they're so, like my twins, for example, who were born in the same womb, are so different as people. So different. And like one of them would, you put on the telly, one of them is just gone. She's literally just glued. Whatever's happening on the screen is all she can focus on. The other one, yeah, watch it and then do some colouring. and Yeah, watch it and do some Lego. And constantly going, hey, do you want to go play? She's not even listening to her. Like the telly's on. Like so, like, so you have to bear that in mind as you're parenting whether they're siblings or whether they're twins or whatever they are, that the same blanket rules just they can't mm. apply. Kids have their individual personalities. Like if you if you gave my eleven year old unfettered access to Fortnite, I think he'd be fine. If you gave it to my eight year old, forget it. Like he's literally he's got an addictive personality. He's all about kind of knowledge and um, he just goes so deep in everything. Like for, like for example, he's obsessed with football, but like he terrifies my my grown up friends like they'll say you know they do it as a kind of a joke they'll say I'm like you know who's uh, left back for some Turkish team in the second division and he'll just look at them and go the answer I don't even know what yeah. it is like, and they'll be like <laughs> and the Google and they're like he's right <laughs> I know it's terrifying but like so uh, if I let him just go here's a phone or here's a Playstation or whatever like he just disappeared into that world it may, look I'm not saying it would do some kind of long-lasting damage. He might just become the best gamer ever or the be- whatever. <laughs> but he's just got the, the, that personality, which means he needs different handling yes. to what the older fella so does. So how are you handling that as a dad? Because, you know, when you do become the parent, you really do think it's one size fits all, even though you know it's not. But you who has multiple children, you who has four kids, how are you handling um, parenting four different kids but also realising, okay, these are their differences – not making it look like to them that they're being punished for because sometimes that can come across as punishment or mm. favoritism, like oh you you favour him over her. So yeah. how are you coping with that stuff? As a team, myself and my wife, and and we do need to kind of check each other and ourselves quite regularly because you know like you can kind of just stamp on something because this is how it is or this is how it was for him. And therefore, there's a, and you realise that well, actually, no, the other person, the other child, can handle this in a different way. So, so that's not easy, and and you do need to 
I think as a parent, like check in on what you're doing, which means a little bit of self-awareness that maybe, you know, otherwise you, you, you possibly wouldn't. But I think when you have multiple kids with different personalities, you and your partner, you need to kind of go, are we, you know, what are we doing here? And why are we doing this? Does that work for him? And it's not easy to do that because you're examining your skills as a parent. But what happens when you two don't agree? Because then this sort of impacts on your relationship as well. Because we have to remember at the end of the day, we're also two individuals. Mm. So you're not always going to agree with stuff. Yeah, working as a team. Like, yeah. how do you find that? Um, it can be difficult. Yeah, Tracy and I often, like, for example, the Fortnite thing is a perfect example. She knew... That his uh, all of the f- his closest friends in school were were had the game and they they were playing it and I was really reluctant to give give in not because uh, as I said I was worried about you know the game but it was it was the effect I could uh, I coach football so I like I knew all these kids you know uh, and not about specifically his friends but all the kids I coached and I could see the difference in them when they were obsessed with Fortnite and they were they were getting they were getting older so they were changing their personalities anyway but this was exacerbating negative things and I was like I don't want that in our house I don't you know I, I, I'm not I'm not prepared for that right now and she was like okay but he's missing out on this camaraderie with his friends and whatever and so th- there was a standoff for a while you know mm-hmm. and and eventually Mammy won because <laughs> Mammy's the <laughs> boss no but but in fairness I had I had come around because what I had seen was we had discussed it, like you said, we had said, well, he's not going to just get it. He's going to get it under our terms. So we sat down and talked about what our terms would be. Then we sat down with him and talked about it. And so I suppose, yeah, it it sounds kind of cliched a little bit, but the only way when you disagree is to just keep talking until you find a common ground or you find something that you both think is acceptable. And there will be compromise. You can't, you can't entrench yourself on one side and go, no, this is it. And I'm walking out the door if it's anything else. It's not going to work. Yeah. No. And we, we uh, spoke to the guys from Off the Ball who um, make Dadcast mm. in season one. And we really just use that episode as a, just a way to vent and bitch about our husbands <laughs> and take it out on Adrian and um, Nathan. But, it, you know, it, it is interesting. And I find that, particularly with a very young child at the moment, that I, I, I do struggle to let go at times and go, do you know what, Alex is his dad. Yeah. Like, he's equally his parent as I am. I don't always know best. And I think that is something. And we spoke to the lads about that that day is that, you know, in the baby phase, I think the majority of the time, men, dads, partners tend to step back and go, okay, you've got this. But I very much feel that as our son gets older, even this morning I said to Alex, I was like, I can't deal with the tantrums. Mm. Like, I really need you because I feel like he understands his personality a little bit better. Even though up until this point, I've been like, oh no, I'm mammy. Mammy knows this. Mammy knows that. I know. I have all the schedules down to a T. It is. And it's it's hard on your relationship. But I think, as you said, you've just got to keep talking about it. Absolutely. Because it it, it only, no, not only gets tougher, but it only stays as tough. Mm. Like in other words. Oh no, it gets tougher. Don't yeah, yeah. But I suppose. <laughs> Come on, don't sugarcoat it. But what, no, what I mean by that is that like, it's not negative in the sense that it always no. gets worse. But it, the challenges shift but they remain the same challenges. You need to parent each child yeah. as a, as an individual and therefore you need compromise and you need a team decision on everything all of the time. 
and that's far from easy there's like don't get me wrong of course there are slammed doors and you're sleeping on the couch because you know like these things happen but yeah. I suppose ultimately as a partnership and as you grow along with your kids and the, the family dynamic I suppose is what actually is 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 the centerpiece like it's not about the parents and the kids as kind of satellites it's like the family dynamic is the sun and then we're all orbiting that. It's just that some of us are making decisions, you know, and some of us aren't or whatever. But yeah, I think it's just that that communication is so important because otherwise it will, as you said, it will just end in carnage. Mm. Like particularly when there's that many, when there's six people in a house, like every, and every single one of them has an opinion. Like, you know, and from the time they're under two, they have opinions. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and those opinions only get more vocal and more verbal and they can express themselves. And then, you know, you've got a five-year-old who wants this and you've got a five-year-old who wants that and they're both screaming at you and you just need to be able to cope with that. And you can only do that as a, as a parenting team. How do you cope, though, when... I'm just thinking about me yesterday. I, I needed five minutes out and I went and I locked myself in the toilet. My mistake was I didn't lock the bathroom door. Oh. So like everyone, because sometimes I feel like everyone is talking at me at the same time and they mm. expect the answers at the same time and I'm, I just go to blow up. So I go to the bathroom. But I think they think the bathroom is my office because they all knock on the door, come in and ask me their questions. And it's like, <laughs> this is mum's away time. So no. how do you deal with that when sometimes you're like, I really am on the verge of breaking down. If someone asks me another question, like I've only got two and Brian, like there's there's four of us in the household. Yeah. You've got six, Dave. Like, and, how do you and cope? A, and an elderly dog who is definitely a personality. So I would say we have seven. So um, how do you make sure you don't always crack up? Because there's days where I think I'm just going to explode. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think, I think first of all, it's probably your own intrinsic personality. Okay. So like, I'm pretty laid back in general. You're the most laid back person <laughs> I have ever met. Okay. That's good Like, to hear. And I don't think I've ever seen you in bad form. No, I'm really. I actually talked about this with a couple of people recently on, on different podcasts and other things. Yeah, as well. we. I, I was going to mention it. Dara Quilty's different is a great interview with you, and if people want to hear more, I think absolutely listen. A great story about how you met Tracy yeah, as well on that. Good fun. But um, but you, but everything Dara says, you you are the most chilled out, happiest person in yeah, the and, world, and, and and like genuinely content and happy. Like in the sense that I think I think if I described it with Dara was that my default is kind of if you if your scale of zero to a hundred of one hundred is you've just won the World Cup and zero is everything's terrible. Like I'm probably an eighty. Like and that's a great place to be. I'm yeah. so lucky and I don't have to work at that. That's just where I'm at. So my wife is is very similar in terms of contentment and uh, practicality and all these kind of things, pragmatism and and so from that point of view, then I think our our house is like that, our home is like that. It's not absolutely daddy raises his voice, absolutely mammy oh, loses I, you know, her I, I needed mind. to hear that because I'm just going, oh my god, do they do they never get upset? Because no. there's times where I go, where did that voice come yeah, from? Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. And listen, I hilariously, as we all grew up, I'm sure, hopefully with a dad, but like. The dad voice thing, like, and the dad sh- roar, like the first time I was like cracking up laughing <laughs> after I did it and trying to maintain this kind of stoic, like, I have now said my piece and this will be the real, but I'm, I'm going to Tracy going, did you hear me? <laughs> what the heck? I don't know. I heard Alex say to our son this morning, I think you need to just sit here because you're on thin ice with mammy. Wow. And I felt like going, you're both on thin ice with mammy. He was totally different. <laughs> but yeah, like I think, no, look, sorry, just be in, in under no doubt 
that there is mind losing tempers from everybody in the oh, house. No, of course there is. But at the same time, it's it, it our, our default in the house is chilled. Our default in the house is, you know, fun and calm and yeah, you know, there's tears and there's this and there's that. Absolutely. But I suppose it just always kind of comes back to that. And I think they genuinely, kids genuinely feed off your energy. Like I think like we talked about when at the very start when my son was born, I was just terrified, you know. I'm sure if I continued in that vein, I would have a nervous child, you know, because mm-hmm. if if that's how you are, they you are everything to them. They learn everything from you. And even when they go to school, they pick up on bits and pieces, but they still come back and they spend way more time in the home than they do, you know, in school or whatever. So I think they will always kind of mirror what it is your vibe is. And as kind of hippie as that sounds, like if you can create or if, if you've naturally got a kind of a, a relatively calm and happy scenario in your life, then that will be reflected. And obviously, you know, there are times when stuff isn't going great and, you know, one of you has got this problem, the other one's got that problem or, or collectively you have th- whatever it is. I suppose then you just try and shield them from that as much as you can. But also, they they need to know realities too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it's look, that none of that stuff is easy. It's n- No one's got a perfect. I certainly don't. You just need, you just need to find most of the time that it it's all cool and it mm-hmm. all works out. But Before we go, can I just ask you, the one thing you wish somebody told you about fatherhood 11 years in. Wow. That an iPhone would solve all problems. No. <laughs> um, I suppose, I suppose I wish that someone had told me that it would be okay. Like that, that you are as qualified to be a parent as anybody who's come before you. And that, because, you know, you you do feel like that. Certainly, you guys said it as well, that when you come out of the hospital at the start, you know, you feel so responsible, but also so underqualified, mm-hmm. you know, whereas you wouldn't approach anything else in your life that way. But this is what we are predisposed to be. You know, this is the reason why you're here today is because generations of humans have come before you. So, you know, okay, individually, everyone's different, but as a species, we're just predisposed to bring the next generation along and then we head off and then they do it and they like you think about your kids now would you trust your kids to be parents no because they're <laughs> nine they're two they're Actually, 11 or whatever probably my nine year old she's got yeah. things so. yeah. <laughs> but I suppose in, in 20 years that nine year old will be will probably you know look. you look at them and go she'll be grand but she won't think that yeah. she'll be like I have no right to do this you know so I suppose yeah the, if, if I had been more aware of the fact that you know, that we're all as equally unqualified to do this. That would have helped. Also, if I'd known before children how precious sleep was, uh, that would have been really oh, helpful. Stop. Sleep <laughs> is wasted on the childless. Absolutely wasted. Like you, like I hear, I've, I work with single people here and on the show, on my show and they talk about things like, you know, getting up late on a Sunday and strolling around. I'm just looking at them going, you have no idea. <laughs> you don't know the riches that are in your hands as you take this for granted weekend after weekend. So, yeah, I think that and sleep would be sleep. the two things. Yeah. This has been so much fun and not nearly long enough to get Sorry. to talk to you. So we hope you come back to us. I'd love to. Thanks for having me. Brilliant, Dave. Thank you. Cheers. Oh, that just wasn't long enough. No, I didn't want that one to end. I, I love Dave anyway, but I loved his insights into being a dad. And then... 
Being a dad of four, that always blows my mind. Yeah, I remember when they found out they were having twins. That was a total surprise. Were you in the office that day? Yeah. Okay, so you tell me your experience. No, hold on. Let me tell me, let me tell you my okay. version of it. So we're in spin at the Malt House and at the, at the time the office was laid out like all the tables were in a row. Yes. So one was against a tab- uh, wall and ended yeah. at the door. So we used to work in spin and we shared a building with 98FM who, where Dave was working at the yes. time. Yes. And Dave, 98, had to go to the uh, go through spin to go to the toilet. So he comes out of the toilet and I was sitting next to Tracy and Dave comes up to us and he shows us a photo and we looked at it and we went, oh, and we don't know what we're looking at. It's like, oh, we're pregnant. And we're, oh, that's great. And then he goes, we're having twins. And both Tracy and I had the exact same reaction. That was, oh, we're sorry. <laughs> he was going from two to four. And then we went, are you okay? And he went, yeah, yeah, I'm thrilled. So Tracy and I went back to our work. And then the next person he showed was you. Really? And you looked at the photo and you jumped up and you congratulated him. Oh, my God, Dave, this is great news. And Tracy and I looked at each other and went, was that the reaction we were supposed no, to have? I barely remember that. I remember being at my desk and I remember I thought he'd put it on Facebook, but no, he must have shown me his phone. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> how um, not to react. How not to react when someone announces they're having twins. Oh, that was so much fun. And it is. It's like We've had a few great dads on the podcast and really good to hear their insight. It is good to get their perspective on things because at the end of the day, I mean, we're all different. Yeah, like I felt bad after what I said earlier on about how I just, I do feel the same just sometimes as the mother I'm like, no, I know better. See, that never really happened to me because I think I I don't. <laughs> and But the other thing was I started really early going back to work and I think it was great for us because I used to work every Saturday. Okay. So, you know, I remember my mates going to me, so have you got all of her meals planned and all of this and all of that? I went, no, should I have? I, I literally, on a Saturday, I would walk out the door yeah. and not think of anything, which meant that Brian was able to parent the way he wanted to parent our yeah. daughter and then it sort of just led on to this whole thing of I'm co- working on it I really am to be a bit more like but it's hard when it's just off. but it's also very hard when it's just you and the kid for a very long time together and I know he comes home and stuff but when you're together all day every day sometimes it's hard when they come yeah, in yeah I'd, lo- I'd be interested to hear if people want to drop us a DM on Instagram if, if that's something and maybe it's caused conflict in relationships I definitely I do catch myself now being like it's his kid to leave them off you yeah. know like the other day I called and I was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, no, he's just gone into the utility room there. He's just drinking chemicals from under the sink. And I was like, <laughs> okay, great, bye. You know, so look. Um, we really, really enjoyed uh, this season of Nobody Told Me. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Massive thank you to Super Value for coming on board. Yeah, we've got a webinar coming up. So we Cannot will... Cannot wait for that. Check our socials. Yeah, details to be announced. We don't want to give away too much just yet because it's still all coming together. But that is going to be... Brilliant, and some great guests involved on the day. At Nobody Told Me Podcast is where you can find us on Instagram, and that's where we'll be putting everything up. Uh, Lauren, I've loved this season. Thank you so much. Nobody Told Me. The Parenting Podcast with Lauren and Serena. With Super Value Home Delivery. Get your lunchbox fillers sorted with Super Value Online Shopping.